Hello, I'm Emily Westbrooks, and you're listening to Creative Lives, the podcast program that introduces you to interesting people living creative lives. Each week, we interview an artist, designer, maker, or creator to find out what their creative life is really like. This week, I'm speaking with Tom Rowley, half of the team behind StoryMap. StoryMap is a story-based map of Dublin that involves small videos of people talking about Dublin history or culture. Tom co-founded the project in February 2011, along with Andrew Flaherty, and has been collecting stories around Dublin for the last two years. He also works as a freelance cameraman, filming segments for fashion and travel companies. He can often be found telling stories on the Dublin spoken word scene. And as a film director, he was nominated for an Empire Movie Award in 2011 for his short film, There Will Be Less Blood. So Tom, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. So we'll jump right in and maybe you can tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into film and how you kind of ended up starting this story map project. I know it's kind of like a back and forth, out of the country, back into the country journey. So, Well, myself and Andy actually both have a background in film where we met studying film studies in Trinity College and uh, we, were film, we were studying film studies in English there. And uh, yeah, during that period, we were, it was a film studies, very theoretical, but we used to just grab equipment and just make stuff and kind of teach ourselves. So we always had this kind of DIY attitude to things, mm-hmm. that not to really wait on funding or kind of schooling to do it. And I suppose, well, once we left, we went kind of two separate ways. I got a freelance camera work job, traveling around Europe, filming for different countries, or for, filming for different companies, mm-hmm. sort of travel guide footage or... Uh, worked for Hostel World for a while oh, and filmed around 30 yeah. different cities and it was kind of yeah just spent a long time doing that and came back and started working and doing fashion stuff here okay so it kind of we were well I was in the middle of doing that and Andy had gone away to London where he'd been working doing sound and also doing kind of script work mm-hmm. so we both came back at roughly the same time to Dublin and we're both really at a loss as to what to do and it was really where the recession was kind of absolutely just when walloping. I guess that, oh, it was uh, 2011. Okay. I suppose, yeah, about so two yeah. and a half years ago now. So the recession was in, in full swing by then. Yeah, I remember when we were starting Story Map, we used to just see the, I mean, the headlines every day would just get worse and worse and mm-hmm. worse. I think we launched actually February 2012. And on the day we launched, I think the. Um, the papers called it like the day of, oh, day of shame, I think oh, was no. the name of the day. Papers came up for that day oh, no. because it was the, the day, the I think it was the day that the, on a, the minimum wage got dropped by a euro or something okay. like that. Yeah. There was some, it's remember, not a good day for Irish history. <laughs> no, I think I remember around that time the papers seemed to be trying to come up with new names for each day yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. to sort of make it into an event. Yeah. Um, to make the recession into a story. But um, but yeah, we were, well, I suppose there were lots of reasons coming back why we decided to start Story Map. There were lots mm-hmm. of different things that were kind of boiling down for both of us. Um, I kind of, from traveling around doing, filming travel guides, I always used to get, just get struck by how frustrating it would be to be in a different city without being able to access the actual local culture or yeah. how many people I'd meet who'd be so adamant that they're not tourists, you know? And you yeah. meet some would be very annoying, they'd be kind of, I don't know, yeah, really pretentious, kind of 
Jack Kerouac fans or something could say yeah. that they're not, <laughs> they're travelers or something, or they're yeah. authentic and everything. They're on a journey, they're not on a trip. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's become, it's become so much that actually I, I couldn't really remember meeting anyone who actually wanted to be a tourist, you okay. know? Everyone felt they were unique and, yeah. uh, you know, all that. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm being really cynical here. Yeah. <laughs> but they, that was kind of part of it, that just that frustration of trying to get a local experience but not really being able to and also that yeah as a tourist you're just given one package of this mm -hmm. is a city whereas there's not much flexibility to kind of go your own way mm -hmm. so when I came back I remember I wanted to start up a walking tour thing whereby you'd only be told personal stories at right. each stop and at the same time Andy wanted to start up like at a website or a YouTube channel where people would just video and upload their own stories um, called What's the Story? Mm -hmm. uh, because at, at the time, another element was just that um, there were loads of spoken word events popping up around town. Mm -hmm. um, there was one Milk and Cookies, which I used to go and perform stories at. Oh, really? Um, yeah, actually, that was kind of, well, partly from just traveling, a lot of kind of different things would occur, and every time we'd come back, people would say, God, what happened? And I'd have yeah. to tell a few stories of something that happened. Like, what kind of stories would you tell there? Oh, Gosh, now I'm trying to I'm trying to think of one that I can <laughs> talk about. That's appropriate, right? Yeah. Well, they were normally. I mean, yeah, I'd end up doing something silly like chasing a girl in I don't know Marrakesh. I remember, and then that would lead yeah. on to like a different adventure somewhere else, and yeah. then stuff like that, or just funny kind of really just funny kind of odd anecdotes. Yeah. Like, so you have a real passion for stories, anyway. Yeah, I just, I really got to actually enjoy that idea. Mm -hmm. It really, when I came back, I saw this, yeah, Milk and Cookies had just started, which mm -hmm. I was really amazed that there were these crowds of like two or three hundred at these events huh. that were like, I always thought of it as being very old, but you know, there were all these yeah. people who were the age, the main age was about 20, 23, you know, to okay, the yeah. range. So it was really surprising to see that kind of youthful sort of, um, interest in it and um, yeah I became like a regular storyteller there oh, really? and we got to know like a lot of the different uh, people who were around that scene and was, mm -hmm. a lot of that was kind of kicking off in Dublin especially actually with poetry spoken word there's a lot of places that have mm -hmm. started doing nights and there's a really interesting energy about it yeah. in the city so yeah I guess yeah anyway Andy was kind of I wanted to tap into that to do a YouTube channel I was working on doing this kind of walking tour thing and then we chatted and kind of came up with as a compromise between or as a new idea that put, yeah. fitted them all together um, story map the idea that we could use our film skills tap into storytelling as a mm -hmm. as a really kind of direct art form and also launch people who arrived in the city in their locality really yeah well that's exciting I, yeah. that's very exciting so um you started Story Map on how was it exactly that you started with the first stories? What were your first stories and how did you find them to uh, start? Well, we, yeah, it was been a long thing of kind of trial and error about mm -hmm. how to run it because, yeah, we often say that, like, we started this and it's like a, as a small company and we had no, you know, um, experience in that at mm -hmm. all and we kind of felt like, God, if we'd started, you know, a restaurant or something where we could just look up online yeah, how you start one. a restaurant yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we could just follow a plan yeah. whereas this 
there's nothing else quite like it that's been done. So we just yeah. have to try and figure out how it should work. And see, so at the start, actually, we were, funnily enough, the first few stories we filmed, we tried to do them with a group of people as okay. an audience. Yeah. Um, because we felt that people would relax more around other people. Mm -hmm. And the people we were filmed with at first were uh, people who were telling stories anyway in events. So that was... Um, but, so they were used to having an audience. Yeah, trying exactly. to kind of recreate that. Yeah, and also just the feeling that people freeze up when they're talking to a camera. Right. So with that in mind, we did this sort of um, audience thing, but that became... And we're filming with one camera, okay. and that became really cumbersome because it'd be okay for one take, and then the second take, they'd get very nervous because the audience had literally just listened to their... Right. <laughs> and it also just looked weird on camera okay. that somebody was standing on a street and there were like eight people just <laughs> hanging out there. Um, it wasn't very natural. Thing. No, yeah. it's, well, it's one of those weird... I don't know how to describe it, but I've always found telling stories that um, an audience of eight people doesn't work very well. Like, they, they don't... It's almost like an audience of a hundred people move kind of like a shoal of fish. Yeah. They'll all move in one direction with a certain emotion and yeah. they'll all react stronger. Whereas an audience of eight people, they're more aware of themselves as individuals right. and they don't react at all. They just <laughs> kind of, they're just very nervous. Yeah. So that was kind of a, a problem. So we quickly ditched that after okay. the first three stories and just decided to, um, yeah, we decided instead to just film straight to camera but with somebody behind the camera to mm -hmm. nod along to the story yeah so that they have somebody to look at yeah so there are two people usually yeah uh, one behind the camera to be the the sounding board for the person who's talking and then one who's doing the filming so oh well, there's uh three people for each like okay. one boom one behind the camera who also checks on the camera okay. and then a second camera who shoots from the side okay. just so we have stuff to cut around so yeah. we can Basically, we, when we film, we tend to do like a long version of the story first, and then we do a short version. Okay. We, and in editing, then using the two angles, we can just sort of snip them together so yeah. that almost like a fast forward and slow down button. Okay. So that if we need the story to go faster, we can. Yeah. And it's kind of get to get the best possible story, really. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess one well, one story that early on when we filmed it was really changed things for us was we went to uh, film in the Olympia with the woman there, um, Maureen, who's kind of been the bartender there for, like, I don't know, 50 years or wow. something. Yeah. And um, normally up to then we'd just been sort of meeting with the people saying, okay, we'll get that story of that thing and we go and film it. Mm -hmm. But this one, she was quite old and she didn't seem to quite get Well, she did, did okay. get it, but yeah. so we decided, well, we'll just just keep filming, you know, we'll just basically start rolling, see what happens, yeah. and then cut a story together afterwards. And that worked out, you okay, know, it's kind yeah. of probably a better version, you know, a better way of doing it. Right. I was actually wondering that because um, watching some of the stories, I was thinking, man, how do they get people to talk kind of seamlessly for so long? Um, but it must be kind of a little bit more edited together and you're so sucked into the story that you don't notice that it's actually snippets together. Well, yeah, that's what we hope for, right? Yeah, we well, constantly, worked on me. <laughs> yeah. The amount of times we've been so frustrated by like, you know, literally it'll be, it'll sound perfectly fine, but we'll realize in the edit that, you know, they've got their hand up in one yeah. and it goes down on the next. So. Yeah. The things that maybe you would only notice, but, or if you're looking quite closely, you would only yeah, notice. Yeah, yeah. But no, we, um, 
Yeah, so that became, those became the two main ways then that we get stories. Okay. One by just chatting to people who seen interesting characters. Yeah. I suppose the thing with Maureen we realised was that a person's personality can carry mm -hmm. the story. And really, the, actually the really interesting thing about storytelling compared to what we found anyway, compared to other art forms like we're used to film, was that when someone's telling a story, like every word or inflection is sort of theirs. And... The more of those they have, the more they put their own stamp on what they're saying, yeah. the more interesting it becomes. And it gives you a kind of direct line, not just to the events they're describing, but into their personality, into yeah. their character, yeah. their life and their background. And they kind of become a character yeah. that you can capture. How did you find Maureen and how do you find the people you interview? Uh, well, we have three main ways, I guess. One is researching kind of just stories, you know, historical stories and pairing those up with storytellers who we know. Okay. But um, to be honest, that, that's probably been the least fruitful because we end up just with kind of mounds of research and they never really go anywhere, you yeah. know, because we just have to pair them up. Normally we, uh, well, we research a thing, we kind of figure out who'd be the best person to contact about that and contact them online. Yeah. Or else we just walk around the city and kind of pop in anywhere that looks interesting. Yeah. That's the most fun, really. Yeah. What's been your favorite of that kind of thing? Um, God, no. Well, there was one great story we got actually that we were really happy with, where we were um, we were filming in Fallon's, actually just around the corner, mm -hmm. and we were filming a story about um, a boxer who'd owned that bar who, after he died, there was a big thing that his arm was taken off his body and oh it became goodness. like a yeah, it was grave robbers had taken wow. it, and uh, I mean it was, it was in like the early 19th century, I think, okay. but, um, but yeah, his arm after that became this collector's item that like traveled all around the world oh and it's goodness. been, yeah, Dan Donnelly's arm, it's this, I think it went to New York for a while and then came back. That's and so yeah, we were filming this story and we were setting up and it turned out we'd like robbed, but well, we'd taken two seats that belonged to these two guys who usually drink there. Oh. Some regulars. That, yeah, that every Thursday they drank there. And so we kind of were like, oh, sorry, you know. <laughs> but afterwards we got chatting to them and they turned out to be like really, these two brothers, they were really fascinating characters. So huh. we just started, we still had space in the cameras, so we just set up and continued filming. And huh. That's actually been our most popular story. Really? Because they're really, as two brothers, they don't really say much that makes, there's not much yeah. of a story there. But they're just the most charming and kind of, interest in Dublin gents and, and kind of authentic as well yeah. yeah and you can really I guess people always say when they look at that you can really get a sense of their relationship as brothers mm. and they both um, kind of talk about the wives they've lost lately and it's really mm. you know it's quite um, it's quite poignant but it's yeah it's a really joyful little story huh oh, that's really neat um, so what's kind of been the biggest challenge uh, now that you've been doing this for a year um, oh, yeah. actually, it's been two years now. Oh, two years, sorry, yeah. two years. <laughs> um, you've been doing this for two years, and um, you have hundreds of stories, am I correct? Uh, we'll be approaching the hundredth, I yeah. think, soon. We've filmed over a hundred, but yeah. it's just the editing is taking a Yeah. Um, so what's been the biggest challenge? Is it the finding? Is it the business side of things? Oh, uh, it's definitely the business side, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, myself and Andy... Um, yeah, it's just not really, you know, we, we never, it was kind of a whole set of skills we suddenly had to adapt to. Okay. I suppose one of the biggest challenges has been to try and 
access funding? Because from the start, we always thought, oh, this would be perfect for lots of different funds that are around the mm -hmm. country, you know? It's kind of between arts and tourism and you know, local heritage. Mm -hmm. But um, pretty soon, we kind of found that that was to our disadvantage that we'd... How they kind of missed the categories. Yeah, that we'd go to an arts place and they'd say, oh, we'd love to help you, but you should really go to that tourism place. Oh, no. And then the tourism place would be like, oh, aren't you like a business? You should go to the business place. Oh, okay. And also trying to find the best person to talk to in a... Mm. Um, actually, we, got a, we were just talking to somebody there about a story. And he had this great quote. He just said... Actually, he was quoting... JFK apparently, okay. um, when uh, after the moon landing, he was asked about it and he said, you know, when you go to an organization to try and get something off the ground, remember that you know the first floor is completely dedicated to coming up with reasons not to do things, huh. you know, <laughs> that you basically have to go up to the fifth floor to actually get anything done, you know. Okay. And I suppose that was the thing of, we'd go to organizations, email their info at whatever yeah, dot a, yeah, yeah. and we'd just get back an email saying, sorry. Uh, yeah. So it was eventually a thing of, I hate the word networking, but you know, yeah. trying to just meet people and say, oh, no, you should chat to this guy, actually. Yeah. And then, I mean, we met, one kind of higher person we met was just because a friend of ours had, had fitted his kitchen. And uh, oh, that ended up just Yeah, well that the... seems to be very common in Ireland, that it's such a small place that works on that kind of yeah. relationship, I suppose. I suppose. Anything. it's um, But yeah, that was our, I mean, yeah, trying to fit in, really. Mm. I remember one, one heartbreaking moment where we were talking to a, an arts organization. We said, mm -hmm. God, you know, they said, we'd love to, you know, fund you and everything. But, you know, there's a chance what you do could be like successful or something <laughs> and we we're like what you know this you know we can only really stipulate we can only fund stuff that doesn't really succeed financially you know that what? <laughs> you know and we were just we suddenly were like how does that make you know it was more yeah. the idea that i suppose artists who are doing like a performance piece okay. know, that won't get an audience that they it's a right. if it can't survive financially then it needs support right. And yet you still need financial support in order to you know, make it happen. Yeah. To get to the point where it could be financially successful. Yes. Well, so the main thing we've just been working on, well, on the dole really. It's mm -hmm. sort of been our, our um, thing. But uh, yeah, I guess that's been... So you're now located in the Family Exchange for mm -hmm. the most part, which is a creative hub in Dublin. And has that kind of provided you... Um, you know, is it kind of like a community where you guys can kind of work together or is it quite solitary still? Oh no, actually it's been amazing here, it really mm -hmm. has, because we, um, I remember, yeah, we'd, we ended up here, well, we didn't end up here, I mean, we, <laughs> we came in here after um, we'd both been forced to move out of town for a short period of time and it was mm -hmm. like, we were just trying to figure out how we were going to get, keep storing up working if we yeah. weren't in the city, you know, and, um, but we came in and chatted to George here, uh, who runs the Fund Exchange, and she was just really the most um, kind of enthusiastic and optimistic person. And she yeah. really got the idea instantly and just yeah. said, you know, well, great, you know, I can see, you know, you've got energy for this, you know, we'll, we'll give you a hot desk to see yeah. how you get on. And we've been, yeah, it's been an amazing resource and it's been great to 
I mean, one of the great things here is that there's like designers and architects and whatever, you know, there's marketing people. Mm -hmm. So that if we need a tiny bit of advice or a quote on something, yeah. when we're applying for funds, we can just say, you know, how much would graphic design cost for that? Yeah. And suddenly, you know, it's advice which normally you'd have to make a few phone calls to get. Mm -hmm. It's just a few desks away. Yeah. yeah and so been... you guys can kind of exchange work as well. Probably yeah. Like each other. It's work as well. Mm, yeah, part of the ethos of the place is really that it's not just people sharing an office space, it's also you know, a collaboration and a really yeah, friendly atmosphere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, when you kind of look at the vision for StoryMap for the next couple of years, what is, what is the vision? Um, well, we're excited actually now because we're, our big thing was to try and get the we, we had it as a website since February 20, gosh, 2012, mm -hmm. and, um, wait, no. 2011? 2011, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, our big thing was to try and figure out, can we get it to, you know, build an app around it, which would kind of take it to yeah. another step. And we designed all these kind of new functions within the app that would hopefully change how people could explore a city. Mm -hmm. um, kind of. Uh, separating the stories up into these things called rambles where it's like a themed route across the city yeah. that you can take and also that you could just uh, anywhere you're going you could just tell it I want to go there and it generates like a walking tour for you oh that's a great idea yeah so we were kind of excited that once we got this those were kind of the, that was like our engine that we could bring anywhere right. so our aim is now well it's twofold I guess to try and get funding to expand StoryMap to new cities, mm -hmm. but also to try and see, well, to try and seek funding to build it up as a platform that other people can use, that we okay. can, um, you know, um, kind of anyone in the world, really. We'd love to get it as a kind of global go-to brand that you'd be like, uh, just pick up, you know, that a tourist would pick up when they really just want to kind of access local stories yeah. and culture. and. So would the idea be that it would be kind of collaborative? So if I was just walking around my town in wherever, I can pick up my smartphone and make a video of myself. Does it take the video part um, and that kind of thing out of it? Or is it what? still you guys want to go and make the video? <laughs> uh, well, we're trying to figure that out, actually. That's okay. kind of the bit where it's sort of trying to figure out whether or not... Because originally, um, we kind of thought we'd go everywhere and do it, but mm -hmm. that's not really financially viable. So it's or physically possible. Yeah, no, actually. <laughs> and as much as we love StoryMap, we're both we both want to be film directors. So okay. this yeah. was meant to be a, a side project. Yeah, it's become bigger than that. Yeah, okay. it's sort of devoured. Well, devoured our time. It's wonderful, yeah. but um, yeah, it's um, but yeah, I suppose one idea is to let people. Uh, Kind of log in, kind of like on WordPress, and okay. just kind of design their own one, you know? Oh, okay. Kind of, yeah. that's one, one way of thinking yeah. about it. Build it as a platform that people, people can adopt to sort of uh, yeah. pursue something in their area, mm -hmm. you know? But, um, but we're still in the early stages of planning out yeah. how to work that. Yeah. But we've, we, we, uh, we're talking to people in London about expanding, doing one around the Thames area. Oh, cool. And also over in Kerry and... Huh. Yeah, it's one thing we just, well, we both love traveling and we're both a tiny bit sick of Dublin at this point. <laughs> uh, no, it's great. I mean, we're yeah. constantly finding new stuff, but it's it's never ending, really. Yeah. And if you both have kind of the travel bug 
It's yeah. probably very hard to be in one place and focus so uh, solely on one place for so long. Yeah, to walk those <laughs> streets so many times. Yeah, yeah. But it is, the one great thing is now, I always say kind of that, um, with the story map kind of idea, that it's something that people do mentally anyway. Mm -hmm. I think that you uh, map your experiences and memories to places as you visit them. Mm -hmm. and. Um, Kind of before I started this, I'd be walking around and I'd think, God, you know, that was that place where I, you know, I had that awful night, you know, yeah. and say, or, you know, or that's the the spot where I first bumped into that person or where I last met that person, you yeah. know, and that really what we're doing with Story Map is kind of um, taking everybody's versions of those and kind of combining them into one big giant thing. Yeah. So that now when I'm walking down the street, I'd be like. God, that's where, uh, you know, yeah. Jerry, the banjo player, yeah. and that's where Tom did that, and that's mixed in with my own memories, now it's kind of yeah. like this. So it's really enriched the whole city for me. Mm -hmm. And at any time we go through the city, we meet about five people we filmed with. So oh, really? Yeah. So your city got a lot smaller. Yeah, in, in a way. Yeah. A, a lot smaller, but a lot deeper, I think. Yeah. Huh. Well... Tell me a little bit more, backtrack just a tiny bit, tell me a little bit more, you said the process of actually filming is, you know, you go and you meet with the people and then you do the filming and then you do the editing. Um, what do you say to people, um, you know, when you're talking with them to try and get them prepared to speak on camera? Are there tips that you have that you try and give them? Or? Well, we always try and make a joke or okay. two. <laughs> um, we have a few stop jokes at this point, but um, <laughs> you know, we still manage to... Um, act like they're not um, but yeah we well one thing we always say is um, well just to be as casual as possible just to chat as though you're in a pub and, mm -hmm. uh, the annoying thing is just equipment makes people really frightened and mm -hmm. tense but really uh, well one of the main problems we have is with historical stories at the start we had this big problem of people would just one they just read you like a Wikipedia article about that instant you know yeah. I mean they'd be more they know a lot more than that, yeah. but it would feel like that. Mm -hmm. It would be, uh, you know, in 1909, this man was born, he went to school in this place, he went there, and that happened. You know, and there was no actual story, it was just a very long list of facts. Um, so we always try and say that, well, two things to a story is that really don't try and tell everything, you know, just try and tell like a story, mm -hmm. like I was really impressed lately with the movie Lincoln, that, you know, they, I think he bought the rights to that book that was like 600 pages or something, and he used four of them, huh. like four pages, yeah. and it's just, you know, literally just will highlight one month in yeah. this life, rather than, because that's an interesting story, Yeah. rather than just for the sake of it trying to pack everything. Right. You know? So we always try and say, just, you know, just find a good story, don't try and tell everything about it. Okay. But also just, yeah, a few things to whet people's appetites, rather than, um, yeah. The encyclopedia. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And to chat, like, casually, because mm -hmm. sometimes people break into what they think is the right voice, mm -hmm. the rhythm, the rhythm of their speech completely goes, yeah. and they're not real people anymore. Yeah. Not, it's How many takes do you usually have to do with um, people? Usually it's about three, okay. actually. And usually it's sort of the first one um, we go through, and then second one we'd probably go just a bit, we usually shorten the second one. Mm -hmm. Or if there's some kind of structural change to the story, we might see that, you know, 
just say revealing something that maybe you know if I'm like say okay. just you know, maybe wait till the end to reveal <laughs> that and then kind of build up the tension more yeah. or and stuff like that and then the third go will just really yeah just kind of hopefully by that stage they're more relaxed and yeah. see kind of what comes out really yeah the magic take at the end yeah and bonus material <laughs> exactly well it's always I always hate leaving a place without enough material because mm. you always feel like if it only takes another five minutes to get yeah it'll save you about half an hour in the editing room when you're yeah probably your hair out, you know? yeah if you can help them to edit for you almost yeah exactly like kind of <laughs> edit in advance in your head and kind of mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting that you go into a story kind of with that hat on. Um, I, of course, not being a, a film person, um, would be looking at it from the outside thinking you're just waiting for them to say what it is they're going to say and then hope you can kind of create something from that. But it is actually probably a bit more directing and helping them shape the... Yeah. yeah. So they get the most out of it, maybe. Mm. Well, yeah, and we normally meet beforehand to mm -hmm. kind of chat and we sort of figure out based on that, what the interesting story is or mm -hmm. stories, you know, and trying to see what angle it is on it. Really. Do you ever chat with people and maybe you think the story is over here and they think the story is another part of it and they kind of won't let go of it? Did you ever have that? Yeah, sometimes, all right. People will, um, yeah, people will insist on, especially <laughs> if they have a certain pet peeve or something, Okay. they'll kind of bring that up and yeah. be like, you know, um, it's funny. There was one story we filmed actually where we went. We were chatting to uh, Fusco's, the chipper on okay. uh, Main Street, which is a great spot. But the guy Filippo who works there is real gem, lovely guy. Yeah. He's uh, Italian. He moved over, and we were chatting to him for ages, and he was explaining for a long time about how he couldn't find a B day in. Dublin, you know, okay. and we're like, oh, and he was, you know, he was really interested in this, yeah. and then it's it, a bee day. oh, like oh. Um, you know, they have them in France beside the toilet, they kind of oh, yeah. oh bidet, bidet, yeah. sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, and um, oh, he was really focused on that, yeah, <laughs> and then suddenly he mentioned, and then as an aside, we're just like, you know, he suddenly mentioned that he's like a martial arts champion. And he oh. trains people above the store, and yeah. he was once like the champion of Europe, oh. and he. And he'd found six guys robbing the place one time, and he had like a, a eighty-minute fight with them, yeah. <laughs> in which oh. yeah, he said the whole floor was just covered in blood by the end. It was mad. Oh my you know? goodness! But for him, the other story was far more <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> oh, that's right. Huh. Yeah. So sometimes it is a case of just yeah, kind of getting them to. Refocus. I think we yeah. filmed and he still told us the other story, but we just <laughs> edited it out. Yeah, we yeah. sort of cut around it. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me and thank you for sharing this, your story about Story Map. Oh, thanks. Um, you can find Story Map at storymap.ie and there's an app you can find in the iTunes store as well. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks very much, Tom. Thanks, was Tom Rowley of StoryMap talking about his creative life. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of Creative Lives, introducing you to interesting people and their creative lives. I'm Emily Westbrooks. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.